Hey y'all, happy Thursday. Hope you are having a fantastic day so far. And thanks for tuning in to the Live by Light podcast. If you don't know me, I am your host, Lauren, and I am super stoked for today's episode. It's going to look a little different than the past episodes I've done because I'm going solo and I'm going to be telling my testimony and the story of redemption that God's just done in my life. So I'm super excited for today and I just truly pray that my testimony or my story will encourage you and give you confidence in that. God will just use it to lead you closer to him and encourage you and help you to realize that no matter what, he is with you and he loves you and he's going to pull you through whatever challenges you face. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start sharing my story. So to go backwards in time, back to little Lauren and little Lauren's life, that's where my story kind of starts because I've grown up in church my whole life. So I've known about Jesus my entire life. I've been in Sunday school. I've been to church. And growing up, I would just say I was the Sunday school kid. Like, I knew all the answers. I liked being the one who could raise my hand and be like, I know that. I know that. And yes, I was also a teacher's pet in elementary school, (laughs) not surprisingly. And I, I memorized scripture. I recited my things on Wednesday nights. I could get my Sparky's plaque. I was very proud of that. And when I was seven, I went to VBS and they talked about accepting Jesus into your heart and if you did that you would get a bible so that night I went home and I was like you know I want to get a bible so I told my mom I want to accept Jesus into my heart and honestly it's it's terrible it's terrible I don't really think at all that I understood what that meant in any way shape or form I was just like oh I just want a bible that just sounds cool so me and my mom we prayed that night to accept Jesus into my heart but I don't really think I understood what I was saying or really meant the words like this this sounds terrible but it's true I remember my mom praying and I was just like oh my gosh she's going on and on like can she just stop like it's been so long so I Jesus hadn't really truly transformed me yet I had a lot of like head knowledge but not heart knowledge there's like that verse that says knowledge puffs up love builds up and so I think throughout elementary school that's really where I was I was in the place of I had so much knowledge I knew about the bible I knew about Jesus but I didn't have love for him in my heart didn't have love for people that yet in a relationship and personal relationship with Jesus that just transformed my life and when I was in third grade I got baptized so I professed to have become a Christian and accepted Jesus but still at that point just don't think I understood at all what that really meant and then I went into fourth grade and in all honesty I just didn't give much thought to God and deep down I really doubted if he was real and I just became a very prideful person very selfish just honestly not the nicest or most sincere girl and not particularly proud of that fifth fourth grade me and then I was in middle school just Again, not really fully understanding God yet at a heart level, just at a head head level. And deep down doubting, like, was he real? Is God real? Is God here? I I didn't know. I was like, I'm not really convinced about this whole thing called Christianity. And so about halfway through sixth grade, I really started getting gripped by fear and anxiety. And it got pretty bad. And the question that just ate away at my mind and my peace was like, is God real? I was so scared, like, okay, what if I follow him? And in the end, in the end of this life, he's not real. If I spend my whole life 
living for him and it's for nothing or what if a different religion is true and then I die and then I end up in hell or something because God wasn't real this whole time so those thoughts and those fears just really started to get at me but then I was like I wanted to believe God so bad I wanted to believe the truth about Jesus and then I was so scared I was like oh my gosh how does God see me he has to be so angry with me right now because I want to believe but I'm doubting him like how does he see me there's no way that he's not angry at me for doubting and so it's just this weird contradictory of wanting to believe God so much but then also being so scared to do that and so it just it got really bad and I remember kind of in January-ish of my sixth grade year my fear just got worse and worse and it turned into this extreme fear of dying and of hell and I also became really scared about my salvation and because I was still struggling I'm like I don't know God if you're real but I want to believe you're real but I don't know and so but I'm like but if it is real oh my gosh am I saved if I were to die right now would I go to heaven or would I go to hell and then I became really scared of Jesus coming back and I formed really bad separation anxiety from my family because I'm like oh my goodness if Jesus comes back what if I'm left behind I'm never going to see my family again so those were a lot of thoughts going around in my head and then it just it just got worse and worse and I'm 12 at this point so I'm still pretty young I started to get intrusive thoughts um about just like bad thoughts about people or God, but I couldn't control them. And it wasn't that I had any negative thing against this person or thing. It was just a bad thought would pop into my head and I couldn't control it. And oh my gosh, it just caused me so much distress because I felt like I was losing my mind. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I can't get control of my thoughts. And it just kept getting progressively worse. And these thought loops just started going on in my head. Kind of like how you get a song stuck in your head. Instead, it would be these like phrases of words that would get stuck in my head that would go on and repeat. It's, there's actually a term for this condition called stuck song syndrome that like uh, my therapist later explained to me when I started going to therapy later. And so clearly you can imagine that as a 12 year old thinking all these things not sure about God and then feeling so bad like oh my gosh God I don't know what to do are you so mad at me right now like how are you seeing me you could clearly tell there was so much stress and anxiety and it just got so bad I couldn't explain it to people like I'm like how am I supposed to explain to people that all these things pop into my head and I can't control it and I'm terrified of dying like I would just have these periods where for like two weeks I'd be convinced that I was dying of something like oh my gosh I, it was so it was so sad when I think about it now. I'm like, I would literally think that I only had like two weeks left to live. And then I was so terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, like when this two weeks ends, what if I die and I'm going to go to hell and all these things. So it was really bad fear, definitely. And just all this stuff going on. And so you can imagine how confused I was and how awful it was. And it was so hard to open up to people because I'm like, how do you explain this as a 12 year old? And I tried to explain it to my parents and they were able to understand it somewhat, but obviously like that's not easy to explain um and unfortunately it just led to some really bad spouts of depression I just remember there was just one week where I was just sitting in my room and like the second I would come home from school I would just cry in my room because just the amount of distress I was under and just this hopelessness so it, it was really bad um but then going into like the spring of sixth grade year into the summer and seventh grade I think those fears started to calm down the intrusive thoughts started to level off a little bit it was like all these waves had crashed and now they were still continuing to ripple but just got calmer but obviously all those things did leave a mark on me and on my mind and still were causing me distress 
but it definitely did get better and god had so much grace for me even then and I, i didn't realize it then but i look back now and i'm like he was helping me so much like god got my parents got me into christian counseling and i'm so grateful for that because my counselor was able to help me understand okay these are intrusive thoughts you're not going crazy and god's not upset with you for having these thoughts about people or about him that you can't control it's they pop into your head and you can't you don't have control over them so it's not your fault this isn't a sin or something you're doing wrong and my mom was so supportive during all that she would check in on me a lot and she was just my rock for me so I'm so grateful for her and my older sister too she was just there for me so much and talking with me and my dad was there just my whole family just surrounded me and I'm so grateful for that and so back to kind of my faith in middle school I still struggled a lot with doubt and fully believing that God was real and having confidence. And like, I wanted to have confidence so bad. Like, okay, Jesus, I know you're real. You died for me. I'm saved. I know without a shadow of a doubt that heaven is real and that's where I'm going. That's what I really wanted. But I just didn't have that. And so I feel like my faith just became a lot about going through the motions and tying back into that fear of hell and condemnation and Jesus coming back and how does God see me? I formed very much so a checklist faith and trying to be good enough and trying to earn righteousness. And so there was just a lack of pure love and joy for God. I did the right things. I went through the motions. I did the devotional books, but there wasn't this peace in this relationship of intimacy with Jesus yet. So going into eighth grade now, this point, I guess, I don't know, 14, I decided like, you know, I really want to dive into my faith. I want to get close with God. I want to do this right. And, but also considering my history of anxiety and obsessive thoughts, it turned into this obsessiveness of trying to do enough and be good in my faith. So I really, I got so caught up in religion and I spent so much time in the Bible and hear me out. I I am not saying that spending time in the Bible is a bad thing at all. That's not what I'm saying, but it became about, I felt like I had to spend like hours a day in order for God to accept me. And so it became an unhealthy, obsessive habit of reading God's word to calm these anxious thoughts I had had that I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. How does God see me? It just got really hard. And I was just miserable and I then I felt really bad because I'm like oh my gosh God I'm supposed to enjoy your word like forgive me for being miserable but obviously I just was being unhealthy about it and being unrealistic and that's not what God was expecting of me and another moment of God's grace and God's goodness for me um I remember praying one time I was like God is this how it's supposed to be like am I supposed to feel this much pressure and force and like Almost immediately after that, my mom like went into my room and was like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And I like went into her room and she was like, I've noticed you've been reading your Bible a lot, which is a great thing, but it just seems like you're doing it all the time and that you're forcing yourself to do it. And it's you're sleeping less because of it and you're taking time away from our family because you feel like you have to do all this. Like, what's causing this? Like, do you think this is healthy? And I just started crying. I'm just like, oh my gosh, God, I was just praying and asking you for clarity on this. And here my mom comes in and is asking me about this. That just helped bring me freedom. And my mom just kind of helped explain to me like, God doesn't have these time limits of you have to spend this amount of time each day reading his word or praying. There's not these rules of religion that we have to commit or do perfectly that's not what jesus called he says i desire mercy and love not sacrifice what jesus wants first is a relationship with us and 
it completely changes the game when you look at like the spiritual disciplines and prayer and reading your word as I'm already loved and God just wants to spend time with me. And when you see that from a place of love, it just completely changes it and you want to get in. And yes, sometimes we have to build those patterns of discipline and habit. And and can I say that I always feel like reading God's word? Definitely not think anybody can say that oh my gosh all the time when I do my bible time like I'm just so into it I completely am so excited to read my, my bible today like it's a struggle with that we continue on but there's a difference between just dis- good discipline and excessive unhealthy habits that I was forming and pushing on myself that just it wasn't bringing me closer to God if anything it was just bringing me further away from relationship and further into religion and burden like the verse Matthew eleven twenty eight, like come to me all you who are weary and burdened I will give you rest because the Pharisees were putting all these unrealistic unattainable rules on the people man-made rules that they supposedly had to reach in order to be righteous to be good enough and that's just not going to work like when we have all these things that we have to do like if perfection was what we had to get to have a relationship with god and like none of us would that's why we need jesus and that's why his grace is sufficient for us and there's just so much mercy that god has given us and then we can dive into a relationship with him anyway so i just went on a little bit of a tangent there but hopefully if that maybe can help you a little bit in your walk with god just understanding that he loves you and he wants you and he just wants our presence he doesn't need our perfection he wants our presence so I continue, I'm still struggling with this obsession of being good and religion and works and rituals. And clearly this is causing distress and anxiety. So fast forward to the summer after my ninth grade year. At this point, I am 16 and I go to a summer camp through my church and summer camp is just, it's great. Like, especially when you go to a Christian camp, it's just God does incredible things there. It's just this undivided time you get to spend with him and with other believers around you. And it's just, it's incredible. But because I was dealing with all this anxiety going into camp, I'm just going to be honest. I had a really, really, really rough week at camp because my anxiety and the all this, I have to do all this, I have to be enough, the religion aspect was really hitting on me. And so I'm hearing all these messages and worship and small groups and Bible times, and it just shot my anxiety through the roof. And I started to get so much fear in these thoughts about I would hear something and then I'd be like, am I doing this wrong? Maybe the pastor would say something like talking about sin. But then I couldn't let it go and then for like so long after that I would just be dwelling on it and dwelling on it and freaking out and panicking like oh my gosh I'm too much of a sinner am I saved and then there's this distress and then I kept finding leaders to talk to for reassurance because my anxiety was so high I didn't know what to do so basically it just formed this pattern of I hear something I would get an excessive obsessive thought about it and then go into a cycle of having to do something pray enough I need to read my bible more and trying to like be perfect in everything I was doing that week like if I was reading the bible or praying or listening to one of the sermons or messages or worshiping i wanted to do it just right i wanted to take perfect notes and like take in everything that i thought god had for me and like feel the emotion enough like feel deep enough about my sin or feel deep enough about what jesus has done for me and obviously like that just caused me anxiety and there's so much pressure on myself like that's the word i would describe on that week pressure so please hear me out please 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 hear me out i am not saying that there was anything wrong with the camp camp was amazing it was me it was my brain was just not processing how god intended that's not what god intends 
at all, but my anxiety and my stress levels were just interpreting things in a way that they weren't meant to be interpreted and putting standards and expectations and thoughts in my head that weren't from God that weren't healthy. So that was really tough. And so fast forward, I get back from camp and the week after it, it was also a very rough week again because after just all the stress I had been through, I just really started to shut down. Um, and the cycles of, am I doing enough? All these fearful thoughts. Am I good enough? I have to do all these things to make myself right with God. The fear is, how does God see me? Is God angry at me? Those cycles of fear and obsessive thoughts just continued. I fell into just, I fell into bad depression. And I feel like I just started to feel hopeless and stuck. And like, I wanted to escape. I wanted it to end, but I just didn't really know what to do anymore. But there was hope in all situation for sure. Because so my parents were just like, okay, we need to get her help. We she needs to get some immediate professional help immediately. I had been going to counseling, but they were like, okay, let's try a new counselor, get a new perspective to see what's going on. So by a godsend, there was a Christian counselor who was available for an emergency appointment. And so the night before I went to the session, my mom was just praying. She was like, God, I just what is going on? Please just reveal to us and help me understand what is Lauren dealing with? What has been happening? And all of a sudden, she goes on her phone and goes on to Google or whatever. And her page just fills with all these things about OCD and specifically religious OCD. And there's a title to it called Scrupulosity. And all of a sudden, she's reading all these things and all these symptoms of what that looks like. And just the light bulb moment just went off like, oh my gosh, this is what this is. Because OCD and anxiety go hand in hand. And I'll talk about a little bit what religious OCD is in a minute. So the next day I go to my appointment and the counselor diagnosed me with that. And oh my gosh, just the relief I felt like I physically felt a pressure lifted off of me. And I cried a lot in the appointment just because after all that I had went through just to know that I wasn't crazy and that this isn't a sin issue or something that happened that was wrong with me it's no this is a mental health disorder and being able to label things really does make a big difference and one of the moments I remember is just my counselor just she just looked me in the eyes and just says when Jesus sees you right now he doesn't see you with condemnation or anger he sees you with compassion and he sees you where you're at right now Lauren And that just really changed things for me. So I'm going to explain a little bit what religious OCD is. A lot of times when you hear the term OCD, you think about the cleanliness or the routines or the rituals of washing your hands a certain amount of times or everything has to be in a straight line perfectly. And that can be a thing. That's definitely a true form of OCD. But there's a whole nother side OCD where it begins with an obsessive thought about something usually it starts with a small thought and it continues in a thought loop pattern in your head and you just keep feeding the fuel with fire and it creates this thought loop that keeps going on in spirals and spirals and then it turns into the compulsion part where you feel you have to do this ritual or do this act in order to calm down the thought and obviously that creates a cycle of having thoughts obsessive thoughts and then feeling like you have to do a compulsion to calm that down so for example when it comes to religious ocd which by the way about a third of people who have real ocd have religious ocd which is also called scrupulosity but i don't know i just say religious ocd it's easier so for example maybe it would be like i heard a sermon and the pastor mentioned something about sin well then 
I would start to have that obsessive thought about what about this sin? Am I forgiven of this sin? Am I struggling with it still too much? Is there something I'm doing wrong? And then turn into a compulsion of, okay, trying to pray. But then that would also then turn back into an obsessive thought of, okay, did I say the prayer right? Am I really forgiven? Did I meet enough? Did I have enough emotion? And then just continually praying over and over again till I felt like it was just right. That's where the just right part of OCD comes in, where you're trying to control it to where it feels like you've done it good enough, you've done it right. Or maybe I said something to a person and like perfectly normal comment and in my head I'm like wait a minute what if they took it this way and I think we can all do this but then I obsess over obsess over it and the anxiety gets so high where then I have a compulsion that I feel that I need to go do I need to go apologize to this person or write them a big long thank you note and be like I'm so sorry or not thank you note apology note be like I'm so sorry that I said this please don't take this the wrong way please forgive me when it was probably like a really small comment that literally meant nothing but that's what happens is OCD takes a small thought and magnifies it and then gives you this compulsion like hey here's a solution to solve the thought if you do this it'll calm the thought down but then it just validates the thought because the thought usually isn't true and so it just creates a vicious cycle and so I continue to go to Christian counseling to get help and to understand what my OCD was identify my triggers and my thoughts that were going on and it's almost like you have to rewire your brain if you've ever struggled with mental health I know you probably understand that like your brain creates neural pathways that have to be reevaluated and re-altered and it's really hard and it took a lot of hard work hard work but by God's grace God just helped me to get through that so much and I just am so grateful that I had the counsel that I have because she has just helped me so much and God was just has been there with me through it all and I'm not saying that it was easy to overcome OCD but I have that was in 2022 and I'm just so much healthier now like it it's crazy and so I just want to fast forward to my life now. When y'all, I just say like God has completely transformed me. Like he has transformed my life. Like I have just been able to escape the cycle of religion and gotten out of religion's game and gone into a relationship with Jesus. And I am just like, I just love Jesus so much. Like I'm just obsessed with him. Like I just genuinely love talking about him and reading his word. And it's such a joy for me to get up in the mornings. And I love getting in God's word and talking to him. And I just like can't get enough of him. It's just awesome. And I mean, if you had told me a year and a half ago when I first was figuring out my OCD that, oh, a year and a half from now, you're going to be on a podcast talking about this. I'd be like, huh? Are you sure about that? Like that doesn't sound right. But God has just redeemed me. And he's brought people into my life that... I've been able to minister to to help them with OCD, specifically religious OCD. And it's just crazy. And like, I've, I'm so grateful that I've been able to walk beside other people and help them understand that and just encourage people. And I just have so much freedom and peace. And I love just talking about how he's just redeemed my life. And so I just want to encourage you right now. If you relate to any of that, I just want you to realize that God sees you and God understands what you're going through and also going back to the doubt that I had earlier and when I was younger and doubting if God's real I felt so much fear about okay how does God see me is God angry and I just want to say if you're doubting in your faith and really struggling to believe God is not angry at you God is not ashamed of you or upset with you he actually wants us to come to him with those hard questions and open up and talk to someone and be like hey these are some hard questions I'm having because 
there's a lot of hard questions in faith. I still have a lot of questions that I don't have the answers to that I still am learning and would like to know about. And on this side of heaven, I don't think we're going to ever have all the answers. But I just want to encourage you to not shy away from those hard questions, but ask God the hard questions. Dig in. You dig into community and talk to people. Talk to older believers or people who've been a Christian for a long time who you can who can mentor you and help answer some of those questions for you because bundle that all in and just sit in the shame and the fear of oh my gosh because I don't understand this God doesn't shy away or hate the questions like he wants us to ask those hard questions and those questions actually bring us close to him and bring us clarity and most importantly I just want to say like if you ever doubt like God's existence I completely understand that and it's going to believe so bad, but it can be so hard to do that. And I just want to say, like, I know without a shadow of a doubt in my life that God is real. Because every day there are just God moments that just things that are just will line up perfectly and how he is working. And, and just the fact that he's completely changed my life and has redeemed my mental health, redeemed my mind is just such evidence that God is real and God is faithful. And I have heard about so many miracles and I just, I can promise you without a shadow of any doubt that God is a hundred percent. He is real and he is good and he is God, but don't ignore those questions because they're just going to sit in your mind. And then when you don't address them, they're just going to fester and grow. So definitely address the questions. It's about just mental health because I know mental health is such a struggle today. And trust me, I've gone through it. I've gone through obsessive compulsive disorder anxiety deep depression like i know what it feels like and it just it sucks we we live in a fallen world we still live in a sinful world where disease exists we have physical diseases but there's also mental disease and it's real and it's tough to go through but i just want to encourage you that there is redemption and that there is hope and that god has the power over your mind that he can change your mind and your thoughts and it's incredible what he'll do and he's going to use your story too and your struggle to draw you closer to him and to help others because that's what he's done in my life and i want to encourage you with hebrews 4 14 through 16 which says therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven jesus the son of god let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive god's mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need our king literally walked this earth and so he understands the struggles that you and I face and he is a great high priest who can empathize with us. He can't just sympathize with you but he understands what you're going through because he's walked this earth so he looks at you with compassion and understanding. And then Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid because in our darkest moments, he's there and he is near to the brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. And one day we're going to be in heaven, y'all. And we're going to be in the peace of his presence where every tear is going to be wiped away. It's the old order of things is going to pass away and the new has come and everything will be right, made right and made new. So hold on to hope because God is not done with you yet and he is never going to let you go. And y'all, I just want you to hear this loud and clear. I don't know if care if you heard this 10,000 times in your life or it's the first time hearing it. Jesus loves you. Like 
so much so that he went and died for you that there was no price that he wasn't willing to pay to buy your soul can you imagine that somebody loves you that much we can't even understand how great his love is but that's just how much he cares about you he was willing to do whatever it takes to come after you so have confidence that he cares and he sees and he understands and he looks down on you with just an overwhelming love All right, well, that is the end of my testimony and my story. Thank you all so much for listening. And I'm just so grateful for all that God's done. And I am super excited for whatever it is that God has planned for my future. I really can't wait to see what that is. And I just want to encourage y'all to go out and share your stories, share your testimonies, whether it's small testimonies and things God's doing in your life now or the big overall ways that he's redeemed you, how he saved you. Go out and share that with people. Let's share our stories with one another because it's so powerful to talk about how God's working in our lives and what he's done. Bye, guys. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and also follow at Live By Light Podcast on Instagram for show updates. Episodes come out every Thursday. I'll see you guys next week.